for the testimonies. Sabi ng Holy Scriptures, a testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Whenever you testify uh, concerning what the Lord has done for you, okay, it says you're moving in the spirit of prophecy in the sense that the atmosphere is recreated where God can do that miracle again. Okay? So, yeah, we want to hear teaching from the Word of God. Uh, we want to hear preaching concerning the gospel of the kingdom. But we also want to hear testimonies. I mean, remember the guy who was uh, demonized? Uh, I mean, he broke the chains and and Legion. And he cast, he cast out the Legion into the pigs, right? And the man was free. And it was a natural reaction for the man says, No, you go back to your village. You go back to your family. You go back to your community and tell them the great things that God has done for you. Okay? That is testimony. And when, whenever you do that, uh, the, a heavenly atmosphere is recreated where the miracles can be done again. Amen, Mubak? Okay, let's go to the word God. Uh, today, I'd like to talk about being unshaken in a shaking world. <laughs> being unshaken in a shaking world. Okay? Uh, what do I mean by that? Uh, when I talk about being unshaken, that means kalmatikaisalon. And it's not because you're born tough. It's not because you have strong willpower. But it's because you're putting your trust on something that cannot influence you. For example, uh, right now, what's going on in the Philippines, I mean, he called the president a psychopath. And the government, the you can run the country, but you don't have to make enemies while doing so, and things like that. Okay, President is not one of the most sophisticated guys there are. Simply that much. Okay? Sabi ka ng isang spokesman niya, you voted for a president, not for a diplomat who has ability to uh, tackle situations in a diplomatic and uh, subtle way. Well, okay, sinabi yan, but he kind of misses the point. I mean, if you're the president of the nation, and you represent the entire nation, you've got to be a diplomat somehow, one way or the other. You've got to have tact and things like this. And, you know, this Wednesday is supposed to be the time of the war exercises between our nation and the U.S. Uh, and there are supposed to be, supposed to be, uh, certain businesses who are bringing out their business investments from the Philippines. Okay? Belgium was supposed to like visit us and, and find out investment opportunities, but because of the uh, harsh words of our president, decided to cancel the visit and not visit us anymore. Okay? And so the government is shaking, because especially in Manasalita, uh, I might cross the Rubicon. When, when you say something like that, you're saying, from which there is no more turning back. So, I'm not going to but he says, I'm about to cross the Rubicon with America. And people are speculating, are we going to break our ties with them? Uh, are, are we not going to be allies anymore? And, you know, uh, I've I've read this in the Senate or last time. Yeah, you know. And I think it was in the Senate, yeah. Uh, if we break our ties with America, it's like one million jobs. I don't know where we got the number, but I'm saying one million jobs, especially in 
call centers are in danger of being a popular and things like that. And uh, how many of you here use PayPal? It was only recently that PayPal approved being used in our country. There was a time they made that. Okay? I was one of those who was writing letters to them and praying. Finally, we approved them. Okay? That's basically it. If you're using PayPal and you're used to uh, putting money there, kasi baka chance to sell it yun. Pag malamit, ang galing yun yung karamihan. Because they have the reputation of freezing accounts. There's no way you can get them back. You understand what I'm saying? Especially in the government strain between the relationship between our country and the U.S. And Luxon begins to spec uh, speculate. What if, you know, we align with China, we align with Russia, okay? At matutun na yung relationship that's America. Will Russia be able to provide the one million jobs that will provide in America? Are we sure that China will not take advantage of us? Yes, I mean, uh, you know, hindi natin gusto yung pag-treatment sa atin ng Amerika that they treat us like inferior people, that should not be. But will we fare better with China? <laughs> I mean, between the ethics of China and America, well, uh, I prefer their ethics more than China. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? So all of these stops are taking place. People are, you know, the stock market is kind of, we, it used to be bullish or Amitaya. We are Kapiukagi uh, economy. But now, some are thinking it might not be safe. Okay? And so things are kind of unsettled for a while. You don't know. I mean, direction that. And because of this, people are scared. I've even had classmates maintain, okay, it's time for me to change my address. In other words, it's a code for them to leave the country and move to the Western uh, countries, either US, Australia, Canada, things like that. And I've heard that before, okay? I've heard that before when, uh, uh, nung nag-declare yung, malapit nung nag-declare yung martial law. Okay? Now, we were still in the prison life during that particular time. And there were people there that we had some of the rich and the elite attending that church, okay? So, nung nagkaroon problema, goodbye, I'm going to the States. They can do that. But what about yung mga tao na iiwanan dito? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? And, and I'm hearing the same things again. It's time to change the address. Okay? Well, how about tayo na iiwan dito? We need to understand where our faith should be. No matter what happens around the world, there's only one person that never changes. Okay? Sabi nga ng Panginoon sa Buddha Malachi, I am the Lord, I change not. Okay? And we need to understand that our faith must be based on it. And probably, it could be that He is allowing these things to happen. You see, one of the things that, that takes place on the Karam of testing and trial. A testing and a trial. I don't like testings and trials. I don't like problems. Okay? Sabi nga nila, well, you know, without testings and trials, without problems, it's going to be a boring life. I would prefer boring life. Without testing and trials. Nandumarating eh. Do you understand what I'm saying? And sabi nga ng Holy Scripture, sabi nga ni James, counting all joy when you fall into various tests and trials, right? This is one scripture that I really have to obey by faith. Because I don't enjoy falling into a test. I don't enjoy falling into a trial. They're not enjoyable. Okay? I'm not, wow, I'm going to try it again. Yay. Yeah. I'd rather not be there. If I could avoid it, I'll avoid it. 
That's right, yeah. But until then, okay, you have you could either complain, you can either murmur, you can either groan, moan, and groan, okay, and make. And you can make it worse by moaning about it, complaining about it, and murdering about it. Or you could do what God said, capital joy. I mean, that is so against our natural instinct, right? And our hearts must be so established in what God said that even if it doesn't make sense to us, we will do it anyway. You know, when I had trial, I said, Lord, I'm praising you in this situation. I really don't feel like praising you right now. What I really want to do is sit down in the corner and sulk. Okay? I don't feel like praising you, but see, joy. So I'm praising you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, you continue to do that. It becomes real. The Spirit of God begins to move on you, and later on, you find out the moment. I'm not just doing it out of obedience. I'm not actually doing it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so they don't have anything to do with But we must be unshaken in a shaking world. Uh, and and you, 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 have the, uh, you have a testimony so many people in the Holy Scriptures who went through this. And it's always worked out well for them. Joseph had a vision, had a dream. He told those visions to his brothers. Sold him as a slave. He was thrown into a dungeon where normally, when you're thrown in a dungeon, that's it. You'll never be heard of again, and you'll be out of sight, you'll be out of mind. You, you will die alone. Okay? I mean, that's the end of your dreams. But Joseph never became bitter at God. Joseph never stopped at God. At least there's no record there. Okay? He remained faithful to God even in the midst of unfriendly circumstances. I mean, there's no way for the dream to take place now, there. But he just kept on trusting God. And then one day, <laughs> King asked for him because he heard, oh, you have the ability to interpret dreams, interpret dreams. The king said, okay. Since you have the wisdom concerning this problem, and you also have the wisdom concerning how to handle this problem, I'm going to be in charge. You're only going to be sent to me. From a prisoner in a dungeon, suddenly elevated to second in charge over the empire at that time. And God do that. He never gave up. And I believe that that, that is something. That, that we should develop in our lives. To develop an unshakable faith in God. Develop an unshakable commitment to God. Remember the Holy Scripture says, the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro. Looking for those whose hearts are loyal to Him. That, why? That He might prove Himself strong in their behalf. God is so wanting to release the power and the resources of heaven on the earth, but he's looking for a man through whom that he can do that with. You understand what I'm saying? So I mean, yeah, the eyes of the Lord, the God himself. I mean, I, I'd like to be able for us to say, Lord, look no further, you come in, you can use us. Okay? No matter how hard it gets, no matter how inconvenient it gets. No matter how painful it gets, we will not run away. We will not win. We will not fail. We will not fail to win the heaven. You understand what I'm saying? And I think that's something that God calls to me. We were called the army of the Lord, right? We were made for war, right? Right? And I know people have said there's no more spiritual warfare. <laughs> Again, you You can hear someone who is a master in PhD in theology, and maybe they can talk about certain things I can even talk about. But if they say something like that, there's no more spiritual warfare. I tend to go to what uh, the Bible says. And another thing you do, somebody say, Boy, put on the whole armor of God. What do you need an armor for? 
if there's no armed warfare. Amen? In, in one of his letters in Corinthians, it says, uh, you cast down imaginations, you know, by the weapons of our, what's the word? The weapons of our warfare, which are mighty in God. The weapons of God has given us. Okay? Uh, this is made in heaven. This is empowered by the resources of heaven. He says, the weapons of our warfare. When God says that, how can someone say, well, I'm a spiritual warfare? See, we need to be so established in what God is saying. Because I believe that this is the only thing, this is an attitude that we need to develop. Because Jesus Christ warned us of certain things that are going to happen, uh, especially as we are coming near the end of the age. I mean, I've seen uh, prophetic events converging. Okay? And just for your information, today is in Israel the Feast of Atonement, which is one of the three feasts containing the Feast of Tabernacles. Lastly, they entered the Feast of Trumpets. Okay, today, uh, they're celebrating the Feast of Atonement. And, and uh, next week, they'll be celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, why is that unique? Why am I mentioning that? Are these Jewish feasts? I used to think they were Jewish feasts, and what I think that I'm But I just checked out this feast in the book of Leviticus. God said, these are my Okay? That's what God said. These are my feasts. What if it's God's feasts? Alright? Then it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. If you are part of the church and you, you call God your God, then this thing should be like kind of important to you, right? How many of you go to your friends and they celebrate their birthday? Why? Do you always attend every birthday there is? Only your friends. Important is a union, right? Because your friend is God. Friend was God. And the reason why I started studying this is because I started the life. I, I studied the life of Jesus. How he fulfilled it? Because people don't feel safe. Okay, people. You know, first four. If you think about having spring, spring feasts, and then there's going to be like four months in between, and then you have the fall feast. All of the uh, four spring feasts fulfilled, they were fulfilled by Jesus to the Lamb. The feast of Passover, that was the time Jesus was hung on the cross, crucified on the cross. The Lamb of God, at the time in the temple, they were killing the lambs as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. He died just when they were butchering lambs in the temple. He fulfilled the feast of the letter. Okay? The feast of unleavened bread. Okay? Signifying that he was a sinless sacrifice for us. He was unblemished. He was the right sacrifice. No blemish. And he was buried for us. The only one who could do it. Unleavened bread. That's why he was buried. And then he rose. Uh, was a feast of first fruits. Okay? Remember, when Mary recognized him, she ran to Jesus. What did Jesus Christ say? Mary, nothing. Don't touch me. I need to go to my father. Okay? My father and your father. I need to present myself. See what happens during the feast of, of, of our first fruits. They, they, they gave him a harvest and they gave it before the Lord. Jesus is going to go up there and present it. Look, I'm stuck. I did it. And then he probably came down again. Okay? And then I guess we all know what happened in Pentecost, right? Exactly to the letter, exactly to the minute. Jesus Christ sends the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. All these four feasts. Fulfilled. And I know when you read the Holy Scriptures, God, when you begin to, and when God begins to show you this pattern, He finishes them. 
So I believe one of these days when we enter into the Feast of Trumpets, that will be the time we will hear the last trumpet. And then the dead in Christ will rise. Okay? And when that happens, is the white throne judgment, which will be probably taking place, which will take place in one of the feasts of Trumpets. And then tabernacles, that's where the new heaven and the earth will begin to become one. Four feasts have already been fulfilled to the letter by Jesus. It cannot be that he did not in it all. And, you know, I just throw that out for free. Anyway, we're seeing all of these things taking place, and you know, and near the end, I just don't know how near the end is. Okay? So, uh, and the Lord said that when these things begin, you know, when these things begin happening, talks about earthquakes. Talks about uh, uh, famine, stockman, plagues, and things like that. Alright? I just heard it in Cebu. He said, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I thought that was a Vietnamese virus. Alright? And there's the threat. We cannot avoid the nuclear war with the West. He's saying that. Okay. <laughs> and you know, we really don't want to talk about these things because these are things that you know make me nervous. We just want to talk about nice things. But Jesus Christ warned us about, about these things. We just can't say. Well, how are we going to behave if something happens? Then, because the shading is there, it's taking place. How is it going to end? Uh, I mean, what we can find that outcome? We don't know. But the Lord tells us that even though these things are happening, there's a way to behave, not to be overcome by fear. And so finally, we go to a third verse in Psalms 112. Okay? Let me read from verse 1 up to verse 8. Actually, I just want verse 6 to 8. Let me read the chapter from verse 1 to verse 8. Somebody go, Praise the Lord. Blessed, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be, will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire on his enemies. Okay? But the key, the key verse here is verse 1. Okay? Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And when you talk about fearing the Lord, it doesn't mean Because the word fear here means a deep sense of reverence. Malalim na paggalang at respeto. You respect God so much, you also respect His commandments. I mean, if, if God says this is something that you should not do, you don't even debate with God. I mean, you respect what He said. If He said that's not for us, then praise God. We don't even touch it because that's what God said. We are living in a generation where they're trying to change the values that God has given to us. Sabiani Isaiah, woe to those who call good evil, and they call evil good. Alright? I mean, I just read a particular person who, uh, you know, he's being threatened to be fired by the company. Because I didn't hear Mahan, you 
yung statement ng company that they agree to be LGBT uh, principles. Okay, sabi niya, I can't, I'm a Christian. I cannot agree to that. Well, that will fire you. Because they are not intolerant. They don't tolerate me being a Christian. They don't tolerate me being able to pray inside, you know, during his lunch break. Okay? And they're calling him intolerant. They won't even let him share the gospel, but they want him to listen to everyone who will talk to them to him about the LGBT principle. They call evil good, and they call good evil. Something is wrong when that thing is happening. So we need, we need to understand that we should not be surprised. Something that he said here, don't be surprised when the fiery trial comes. And you know, we, we've often kind of like matched, okay, it probably will happen to the Middle East because there are many Muslims there. It will probably happen somewhere in China because they're kind of communist. They don't believe in this. It might probably happen somewhere in North Korea because of their atheistic and, and but you know what? You know, we're in the West. You know, Western time, we have democracy, we have a right, this and that. But guess what? Those freedoms are now being attacked. Okay? And when those things begin to happen, and you're being uh, forced or pressured into compromising, and, and, and if you do not compromise, there are consequences. I remember uh, you uh, way back in 1987 when we were ushers with the Christian Life Fellowship. One of the things that we did was that we closed the door preaching. Okay? And so, you know, we so how long to praise and worship? Well, at one point, and he was mad when we closed the door. And he was angry. And finally, Sabi na kasama ko, Sir, natatrakot ko kami sa iyo, pero mas takot kami kipasto. <laughs> you have to start out saying, I mean, yeah, yeah it's kind of scary, I kind of fear this God, but I fear God more. You have to start out saying, ang Diyos ang hindi ko tatalikulan. Sabihin niyo na ang gusto niyo sabihin, gawin niyo na gusto gawin. I just fear God more than I fear you. Fear of man brings a snare. That's what he says. But the fear of the Lord brings faith. And he talks about the different kinds of benefits here. Uh, your, your fear for God affects even the welfare and the health of your descendants. That means your children. That's how your children's children. Okay? It says here, blessings will flow down through your generations. It says it well, wealth and riches will be in your house. Okay? It says, in a time of darkness, light will arise for you. In a time of confusion, suddenly God will give you direction. God will show you that. God will show you where you should go, what you should do. When people just don't know what to do anymore. But then Sabrina, a man who fears the Lord also is like this. Sabrina, in verse 6, surely he will never be shaken. Why will he never be shaken? Because he fears God. He's made a choice. I am going to trust God. We're not going to move away from the beliefs that He's given us. Okay? And then He says here, uh, He will not be afraid of evil tidings. What, what do you call uh, one million jobs in my youth? Oh, those are evil news. Not, not so nice news. Friend of World War III, not so nice news. Okay? And you really don't know which way it's going to end up. But as Sabrino, even though you hear them, even though you're hearing them on the outside, you're hearing something on the inside. Okay? If they say, other people are hearing this on the inside, 
but because you fear the Lord. Okay? What you're hearing on the inside is this. The Lord is still my shepherd. I shall not lack for any good thing. He supplies my every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I've seen uh, I've seen people do this with my descendants. Those who trust in the Lord will not go hungry. That's what you hear. Because you are attuned more to God than to the spirit of the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is the reason why I really try to preach what God says. Because kung nag-establish tayo dito, kahit na nung marinig natin, hindi tayo nasa-nasang bakawa. Another reason why I, I teach on this is because uh, of what Jesus Christ said. Ang sabi niya, if I may just look at this for a while, in Matthew 24, verse 4, and Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Okay? Verse 24 says, For false cries and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Okay? Even the elect. The elect are God's people. Alright? They will try to deceive. I mean, what is the nature of the deception here? The nature of the deception here is that they will be they they will they will be convinced, or at least the evil spirits will try to convince these people that God is not the only source of your security. In other words, you can either believe another God, or you can believe in your God, but you must also believe in this God. That is the deception. But he's not able to save you. He's not able to deliver you. He's not able to sustain you. He's not able to protect you. He's not able to provide for you. That is the deception. But you want to pull out. Okay? And then, you know, these things are coming along. And then Sabinerito, uh, his heart is steadfast. Steadfast heart has made a decision. I will not move from this position. I don't care what the popular, trending, cultural uh, uh, thing is, what is fashion, I don't care. I will be unmoved from this position. My heart is steadfast. I will continue to trust in the Lord, even if they think I am uh, backward, superstitious, against uh, progress and things like that. Verse 8 says his heart is established. Or in other words, in other words, his heart is fixed. It's like you get a sign, it's fixed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, let me ask you something. Honestly, how many of you believe in aliens? How many of you watch science fiction movies? Star Trek, Star Wars. How many of you believe in aliens? How many of you watch the recent Avengers? Invasion from another dimension. Okay? You don't wanna. You don't wanna. I used to believe in aliens. I was convinced that there was life out there until I read the Bible. And it changed my views. But this is a popular thing now. And you know what? You are going to hear of supposed evidence concerning the truth of being. You will see pictures, videos of things lying in the sky, lights in the sky. You'll probably be shown a video of what an alien looks like, who's talking, this capture. Okay? And how, how do you make sense of all of these things? Because they're not mentioned in the Holy Scriptures. And already those people who are in the science department are saying, see, the Bible does not contain everything. 
It's foolish and backward for you to put your faith in the Bible alone. Because now we are receiving advanced knowledge. It's like, it sounds very much like the temptation that Eve received in the garden. In other words, it sort of says, Sinabi ng Pagawa, Hindi yun na, Huwag kayo kakain ka. No. Eh, alam mo, kasi alam niya na, pag kumain na dyan, magiging tagaya ka. I mean, there is something I know that you don't. Mabuti pa kumain na dito. Otherwise, you'll miss out on this. And it's going to be the same thing today. There's going to be a deception that will take place. I just don't have the time uh, to lay it out and open the entire thing for you, but it can be explained by the Holy Spirit. All I know is this. When God created the heavens and the earth, and He created everything, He only created heavenly creatures. You know about the angels, right? Right? But then there are heavenly creatures, as in South Lake John. You know, I look at them. They have the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an eagle. Never seen anyone like that. I've seen this, and he's got this, this fur, and he's got eyes on. That kind of looks strange to me, but it's there. Okay? And then he created man. That's it. Do I believe he created aliens? Life in another planet? No, I don't believe that. I mean, you, you watch the science fiction movies today and they say, it's kind of arrogant of us to think that we are the only life out there. It's kind of arrogant and prideful for us to think that the Earth is the only planet that can sustain life. No, it's not arrogant, it's not pride, it's faith. I mean, think about what God says about the Earth. The new heavens and the new Earth will be placed here. Okay? And when I say that the Earth is the center of God's created universe, that's not broken. That's vital. But how do you explain this? How do you explain that? For a long time, I couldn't explain it. I just held on to my view of what the Holy Scripture says. Nine months, I've seen breakthroughs. It's got something to do with what happened in the past, in Genesis, when there were giants in the land. But then that's another story. Okay? We'll talk about that someday. But why did I bring that up? Because uh, they're creating an atmosphere where they want to put pressure on Christians who believe in God and in the Bible that we're the ones hindering the evolution, the uh, forward movement, the progress of the earth. Okay? And we don't want to be people like that, right? But I want to be able to bring blessing wherever I, I go. But I want to do it God's way. Okay? Now, let me just read to you some things now. There is a book that is being sold in Amazon. The title of this book is this. Would you baptize an extraterrestrial? An extraterrestrial is just a nice word for alien. Maybe Martian. It is written by two Jesuits. One is a brother guy called Solomon, SJ, and the other one is Father Paul Huber, SJ. SJ is a side of, of, of Jesus or the Jesuits. These are Roman Catholic guys. Why do they write this? Because, okay. I'm not attacking anyone here. In May of 2014, Pope Francis asked this question. Imagine if a Martian showed up, all big ears, big nose like a child's drawing, and he asked to be baptized. How would you react? Okay? You find this in Luke. He said it publicly. Sabi niya, 
Paano kung yan lumapit sa kagaybang planeta? Ang Mars. You know, hindi siya mukhagka. The years becomes. And the Martians said, please baptize me. How would you react? Then, what if an alien comes to you and asks to be baptized? Would you baptize him? Okay? Now, he, he asked the question, he's not insisting on answer, but these guys took him seriously and published the book. You can go to Amazon.com and you can make a search. Would you baptize an extraterrestrial? It's there. If you want a bucket, it's up to you. Alright? Um, there is uh, another thing, uh, another article that says that the same uh, Monsignor Corrado Malucci a long-time friend of Pope John Paul II and the Vatican's leading exorcist is one of multiple people from within the Vatican who has been very outspoken about extraterrestrials. On multiple occasions, he has stated that contact between humans and extraterrestrials has already happened. Okay? This is a Monsignor. He is an insider. And he says, first contact, between an extraterrestrial, an alien, and human. How do you, you know, if, if someone, something like this goes out, how do you react? Do you understand what I'm saying? In 2005, Vatican astronomer Guy Consiglia Consolmanio, Guy wrote, would you baptize an extraterrestrial? And said that humankind is facing a future discovery of extraterrestrial intelligence. In 2008, Vatican chief astronomer Father Jose Adrian Fulis stated that the discovery of intelligent extraterrestrial life and its existence on planet on a planet other than Earth doesn't contradict our faith. I don't know how to say that. Because it does. Ito ang ibang comments of Pope Francis. He created beings and allowed them to develop according to the eternal laws that he gave to each one so that they were able to develop and to arrive at their fullness of being. He gave autonomy to the beings of the universe at the same time at which he assured them of his continuous presence, giving being to every reality. And so creation continued for centuries and centuries, millennia and millennia, until it became that which we know today, precisely because God is not in any urge or magician, but the creator of his being to all things. What he says is this. He's neither confirming nor denying. But sinasabi niya, yeah, you, you, you have to know what God is. God is a creator. And he created beings and he made them in such a way that they will, you know, grow according to their own internal laws. In other words, there is a law outside the law of God that they can use. And God is allowed to do this. You understand what I'm saying? Hello? I mean, we're not talking about just an ordinary person. This is the problem. Okay? What if he said that? Okay? How would you react? Uh, he also said, that extraterrestrial beings would be welcome and that he would try to have them baptized. Guy uh, from Solomania has expressed the same sentiment. He will have them baptized. Okay, so does he really mean this? I don't know, but it's a it's a it's a statement that is, and I can't really agree with it. 
And I know, I understand that the argument between us is greater. Okay? So who knows who we create? Maybe we have created aliens. Okay? We may have created them. And if they want to be baptized, who are we to deny baptism to them? The love of God is so big that it covers every created being. It sounds logical, right? How can you deny that? The only problem there is this. I'm reading from the book of Hebrews. Uh, I'm reading from the book of Hebrews. It says here, Hebrews chapter 2, I guess. Let me, let me look at it. Okay. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. What's it talking about? Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of Jesus for all, is only given to man. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became the Son of Man. He did not become the Son of an alien. Okay? He became man. And his sacrifice was for man. If there is an alien that would come out there and would demand that he be also included in the church, and if he comes to me personally, I'll tell him, sorry, I can't give you the sacrifice, not for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And where would I base that answer from here? Because it's the doing. Understand what Jesus Christ says in the last days there will be deception. He will try to deceive the next. If he could, the, the devil. Alright? It doesn't mean automatically when he deceives not, but he will try. But we need to have hearts that are so established in the Word of God that if we hear these kinds of arguments from men who are knowledgeable, high positions, we must be so established in the truth of God that when we hear something like this, we must ask. They're talking about extraterrestrials and and you know that the Vatican has the most advanced telescope there is. I forgot the entire, but it is you acronymia Elda, Yuda, Sida, Ida, Elda, Ida, Arda. Lucifer. You want to find out what it means? Go to Google. You find it there. It's there. It is on Mount Greyland in the United States. It's their telescope. It's so powerful that they can see fire. Okay? Now, that's the Vatican. I've read another article. Uh, this was published on August 26. This is from the Muslim area. See, we, we have a Savior that's coming, Jesus Christ, right? Muslims also believe that they have their own champion that's coming. They call him the Mahdi, M A H D I. Now, this is what the Ayatollah says the Mahdi will be coming back in a spaceship. It is a super modern vessel to have the sound of thunder, and its power and its speed is that of lightning. <laughs> okay? What am I trying to show you here? You hear about the Vatican and their faith on extraterrestrials. And we have even talked about the Lucifer telescope there. And you know that they are advanced in technology, science, passion. And then you hear about uh, the Ayatollahs talking about that their Mahdi will be coming in a super spaceship of thunder and lightning. Everybody is. Uh, Nasa taas ng uh, uh, scientific revelation. 
Tayo ang hindi naman tayo. We still believe the Bible. They're making us look bad. They're making it look like if we, this is the only thing that we believe, we are backward people. Okay? And if we believe that, so we will try to expand our righteousness and try to take what they're saying. And if we do, then we will dilute the truth of the scriptures in our lives. Do I believe in extraterrestrials the way they describe it? No. I think it's a great deception. I think it's a deception of the fallen angels. Once upon a time, they came on the earth as giants. One day, they'll be coming out of the earth once again. But then, for some people who, who don't believe that, another part of that deception is that they're altering the DNA of man. Because demons cannot live in bodies like us. We, our bodies are created by God. So they're trying to kill. Have you, have you ever noticed every time a guy production? If he was a dog, if he was a dog. And then they say, we were the superior beings in the Galatea You, We populated the earth as a Galatea salmon. But if we populated the earth, why are they trying to find out our DNA? They're supposed to know, to know that already. We've got all of these visitors from the other planets. And they've talked to us about uh, Christianity is not the right religion. Uh, Jesus Christ is not really the Lord. It's allowing just among the ascended masters. Never part of the last that's what they talk to us about. Really, you're an intelligence from another dimension, from another planet. You're supposed to be superior than us. You cannot tell us how to solve poverty. You cannot give us a technology that will provide food for the entire earth. You cannot give us technology concerning making life better. What do you talk about? You travel millions of miles to the to, to the rear, and what do you talk about? Jesus Christ is not the Messiah. He's just one of ascended masters. And we need to do this pharmacological uh, thing. That's all we talk about. Sounds to me like a demon. You know, if it sounds like a demon, it talks like a demon, well, guess what? It is subject to the name of Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we should be so fixed, even if they make us feel inferior. Because God will act very strongly on those who choose to fix their hearts on Him. Amen? First time I'm going to talk about aliens. I'm going to do something tonight. Praise God, let's all stand together.